low and welcome to this are people annoyed by me yet they've got to be at this point it's been fucking five years of you of you doing your intro yeah i think you've done it uh, 10 times i don't even think i've done it that many all right let's do 11 go (coughs) hello and welcome to say what you mean i'm your host jake I think I did that all right. Did yeah, did you did right? good. Okay. I did it on the when we were gaming with Jesse. Were you there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was That's got to be weird because he listens all the time mm-hmm. and then to hear me do it live. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Is it different? Uh, probably a little surreal. I would be so tripped out if I heard, you know, some of my favorite podcasts do their intro, just hear their voice mm. in person. Yeah. That would be weird. I'm Jeff. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you always, uh, when you do the intro voice, you, you, uh, it's a different uh, tone inflection, too, yeah. so that's got to be a little surreal to just hear you kind of tone switch in the middle of... Uh, Xbox chat? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because mm-hmm. I did that. It was, oh, anyways. It sounded, yeah. it sounded carbon copy to mm. how you always usually... St- if you're not trying to do a funny voice inflection, if it's just your standard, yeah. hello and welcome to Say What You Mean. Like, no, I don't say a- that. Huh? Say what I say. I don't know. What do you say? I want you to say. I've it. heard you say it so many times. <laughs> I honestly, I can't way. even. I can't even tell you exactly what. You Hello said. and welcome to this week's episode. Of say not, what isn't you that mean. what I said? No. What did I say? <laughs> Hello and welcome to say what you mean. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Show us how much I listen. My name is Jeff. That's Jake, and we've already said that. Uh, what were we saying before? And I said I should talk about this later. Uh, something about feeling. You're playing basketball. You're feeling better. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Mental health. Feeling. Oh, oh, that's what it was. I remember. For the first time, I was thinking about this. For the first time in my life, I feel like this is the first time in my life. I've always been fighting to try to push myself forward. Mm. Okay. Now, in my job, I'm very much doing that. Trying to get better every day. Sure. Trying to understand policy, trying it's to... It's a hard thing. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm now wanting to retract everything I just said because I think uh, uh, emotionally and mental health-wise, I'm also trying to strive and push forward. Okay. But I feel like this general, like, you've got to be better, like... Um, and I'm relating, I think, more specifically to school. Mm. Because I feel like with school, it was like, I have to do better. I have to keep going. I have to do this. And then I, like, once I graduated, was like, should I get my master's? Yeah, I should. Okay, I got to do it. I got. And that feeling of like, I got to do it. I got to no, go is gone. Mm. Except. Except. I started watching all these John Grisham films. He was a representative from, I think, Louisiana, but he's an author also. Hmm. Okay. And he's he was like a lawyer, and he writes all these lawyer books that are phenomenal movies. Huh. They're okay. so good. I watched The Firm with Tom Cruise, and it came out in like 92. And I watched it, and I was like, that movie was good. And it was like original. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch some older movies because... I feel like everything's just regurgitated content. Ah, dude, there's no good movies anymore. None. It's all the same themes, the same story arcs. So, well, it's corporate tested. It makes people feel good. No, I don't want to feel good. <laughs> I want to feel intrigued and like curious and suspense, and that's what all these. So then, have you seen? Have you seen the firm? No. Great film. 
I, I you messaged in the group chat with uh, CJ. Yeah. And you said, I've been watching all these John Grissom films, and then I went and Googled John Grissom films. I don't think I've seen a single one of them. Really? Yeah. You should check them out. They all just got off Netflix, though, so it's kind of oh, shitty. Okay. Um, Probably not going to watch them. Yeah, though. I know, but they're good. They're good. Like law and like government, and mm. you would enjoy them. Um, so, Backdraft, have you seen Backdraft? No. Whoa! Okay, so back is it up. a John Grissom? Film? No, that oh, one okay. is like another '90s film that I love. It's Kurt Russell and Will William Baldwin, um, and they're firefighters. And it's about an and uh, Robert De Niro's in it. I completely forgot that. That wow. was a like pleasant surprise. Good cast. Um, but it's about a arsonist who's like causing all these fires in Chicago, mm. and they're firefighters, but. De Niro is trying to figure out who's starting the fires and why. And there, there's like some hand that like maybe the mayor might be involved. It's, it's a, always the mayor in Chicago. It's a rad film. Uh, and it's one I grew up on. And so I was like, Jen, okay, for my 90s pick, we're watching Backdraft. So we watched it. She enjoyed it. And then she picked another uh, John Grisham Grissom film, which was Rainmaker with Matt Damon. Okay. And Danny DeVito. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. You know that American patriotic <laughs> classic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that movie was really good, too. And then we watched another one with Julia Roberts and Denzel. And I can't remember the name of that. Something about the Pelican Brief is the name of it. That one I've heard of. You would like that one. Mm. You like it. I'm just saying. Not a big fan of Pelicans. Are you a fan of... Supreme Court and I like government. Brief. I like and I like boxer briefs. No, you like briefs. Just admit <laughs> it, you creep. Uh, anyways, so I was like, "Damn, dude, I should have gone to school to be be a lawyer." Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's always time. That's what Donna said. <laughs> Donna's always going to have. I know for more she school. is, <laughs> but at some point, dude, I'm coming to the. I think I'm going the opposite way with 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 education. Okay, you're like, why did I do this? Give it back. No, no, no. I think I think for like ninety, I think for like seventy five percent of the population would benefit from a bachelor's degree, mostly because high school is not teaching kids at the level that they need to be taught. Yeah, in order to have a well-rounded understanding of the very complex issues Mm -hmm. and especially as the scope and scale of government has grown Mm -hmm. and we are faced with these real challenges to our freedoms Mm -hmm. i think having a like having a basic level of understanding especially of physics government how all of this stuff works and intersects yeah is just being i think it's getting lost in, in public education so i think having a i think if you're willing to learn a bachelor's degree could do a lot of a lot of good for a lot of people sure but i'm kind of i've kind of uh i'm kind of the opposite way with higher education at this with like higher (laughs) higher education at this point i think it's just so oversaturated and honestly i think you're better off getting a job and just learning on the job and moving up that way yeah i i just we talked about this a little bit at lunch today as long as it i mean you kind of have to find out what your where your limits are, what you're willing to 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 do. Mm-hmm. Are you going to sacrifice your body? Yeah, I mean, 
I think mean, there's a lot of people out there with like advanced degrees who can't find jobs. Oh, dude. So I think there's a point where you get to the point where you're almost like unhirable because I think there's because mm. someone said that to me once. This like longtime uh, like asshole customer who was from Fisherman who yeah. always came into Fisherman's and he was an asshole. Did you have a nickname for him? No. No nickname. No nickname. Okay. I nicknamed a lot of people. This yeah. guy I didn't. Just asshole. He was just asshole. <laughs> I hated him, you but I also respect. I also kind of like respected him. He always came in dressed with a pea coat, and I was, oh, I've no. always I've always had a thing for for dudes in pea coats. Yeah, um, and because I've always wanted to wear one, but I've never had the confidence to. What? Because how can you like? How can you justify? How can I justify wearing a pea coat? You would look good in a pea coat. Maybe I don't I, think any. No, no. There's not one person who doesn't look good in a pea coat. I think that's the but, rule. Okay, but I haven't had a reason to wear one forever. Like, what do I do that would? I would look like a clown in a pea coat. You go to the coat. zoo wearing a pea coat. I would look like an idiot. No, you would look like a fashionable daddy. I'd look, I'd look like an asshole. <laughs> a fashionable zaddy. I dude. would look like an asshole because this guy came into Fisherman's wearing a pea coat. No, you would not. I used to wear a pea coat. To do what? To, to go to the zoo. Then you're an asshole. No, I was a fashionable daddy. <laughs> <laughs> fashionable zaddy. Uh, you know oh what a pico doesn't no. say? That you've given up. That's that's true. It just says you're an asshole. I don't don't be an like. So what do you like, say? Don't, to you? Like, don't be an asshole and don't give up. Yeah. Also, Th- that's uh, the, my the next range. my next thing I'm I'm adding to uh, oh. things I'm too old two things things I'm too old for yeah. and I haven't given up yet. Playing in a band, cheap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean you're you're not wrong on the playing in the yeah, band thing, yeah. right? Uh, but hey. Have fun with it. Yeah. The second thing is, uh, I know that one of the things I'm adding to my list is I am too old to buy cheap boxers. Oh yeah. Yeah. There gets a point, oh, man. That's what are you, one of those things. What rules. are you doing? Why are you buying cheap underwear? Mm. There is too much going on down there. There's too much things that can get caught and binded on timeout. Buy good quality <laughs> boxers. There's is no that, reason not is to. Is that strictly because of age? Like, oh, no, I, no, 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 no! I think you put. I think you put up with a lot of shit when you're younger. Okay. You'll just like, oh, I'm. A, I'll just constantly readjust and yeah. shit. Yeah. Or you're just because you just buy the underwear that your parents bought you as a kid, and right. then you just. You, I, as well as gets older, I'm going to emphasize like I'm going to I'm going to buy him quality underwear yeah. as a for a kid. So then when as he ages and starts buying his own underwear, he understands <laughs> what quality underwear does. I don't think you realize yeah. until, like, until you buy quality underwear how much better you're mm, off. There are yes. some people who are a grown-ass adults yeah. who are just like, I'm fine wearing Hanes whitey tighties. Yeah. And I'm like, how? Yeah, that's disgusting. That's like a burlap sack. Also, what you're talking about right now is a little bit of generational wealth. You're not wrong when you can afford so, good box. Oh, but uh, off you know the hard what? Work from your parents, you are now creating a next generation that will value That's quality true. underwear. I, I'm just saying you, you it, can't they afford don't a cost, house or shit, but at least they don't have cost underwear. that much more money. There's this brand called Pair of Thieves, and they make the most comfortable box. Is it online shit? Order shit? No, I buy it for Fred Meyer. Oh, okay. Wait, what kind of underwear are you talking here? Boxer briefs athletic type yeah like the sh- they look shorts right are they like uh, uh that fabric yeah okay they're kind of like the I moisture like the moisture yes, wick- looking fabric yeah they there you can get them in like normal like five inch seams i always get the longer eight or nine inch seam ones sure. uh dude i it's they're the best super comfortable yeah 
I remember when I switched over, it was like it's life changing. I'm an adult now. But like, there's like when my grandpa passed away, mm-hmm. um, and my my oh, <laughs> my yes. family like apparently just thought that everything was valuable. Hand me, yeah, we're not throwing anything yes. away. I was given no an entire I bag don't... of my grandpa's underwear. Why? Because apparently that is just something you can underwear you still? underwear. No, I gave it back. Oh, okay, Jake. This is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I was. I could not believe it when I opened this bag of stuff that came from my grandpa's. I had my grandpa's my dead grandpa's underwear, and I'm like, what am I gonna do with a dead guy's underwear? Wear them, obviously. <laughs> Throw them away, dude. Oh, bro. And they were like not good quality underwear. Like they weren't even like comfortable underwear. Like why would you wear that? How would you know? Because it's Hanes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Hanes. It's like Hanes cotton. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just fuck that. Like you that you buy uh, like Kirkland brand boxers that you can buy in bulk at Costco. Is there anybody, anyone, and you loved your grandpa a lot? Yes. Is there anyone you love enough to wear their underwear? <laughs> no. <laughs> not one person? Not one person. Any any celebrity? No, especially not a celebrity. They're into weird shit. <laughs> I don't know if I have an answer, but uh what did the Peacoat what did the Pico guy say any, to you? Uh oh yeah, sorry, back to the Pico <laughs> yeah. guy. He said to me once because he came and he was like, "So don't, what you- and also don't for one second think that I forgot that this whole underwear story, <laughs> <laughs> and I never will." <laughs> um, <clears throat> coming to the store and shit on you for getting an education. So I was, yeah, I was scanning. He's like, "Hey, so how's your schooling going?" I'm like, "Oh, I graduated." He's like, "Oh, what's now? What's next?" And this yeah. is when I was like real struggling. I was like, "Oh, I had just applied to American University." I was thinking all I was all high and mighty yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to this prestigious university. You were, and he was like, "Oh." And I'm like, he's like, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, oh, I want to go into International Relations State Department. He's like, oh. And he's like, then what? And I was like, you know, maybe I'll go and get my PhD. And he's like, oh, then you would really be unhirable. And then he just walked away. And that crushed me. But the longer I've been out of school, yeah, the longer, the, the more I'm realizing. Nah. He was right. No, Jake. There is a point to the, to, there gets a point to where you start putting on your resume for jobs that are paying like under a hundred K and they're like, you have how many advanced degrees? Sure. You're probably with your student debt and all of that. You're probably wanting to be paid Mm. triple figures yeah, or whatever the figure number. What is that? Seven figures or whatever. Mm -hmm. Six figures, six figures, six figures or more. And they're like, we can't afford to pay you that we can hire our qualifications only require you to have a bachelor's degree, but you're applying with a PhD. Uh, We're going to, and your no. you, your expectation in their mind, their expectation is you're going to want to be paid more because you've got that advanced degree. When they can just hire someone with a bachelor's and pay them less yeah. for basically the same output of work. Sure. I do think there's a gets to a point when you just be kind of come unhirable and really like mas- who's you the masters general you because I know you're not talking to me. No, masters and PhDs are so like um, at least like. I don't know, especially PhD. No, you can you can you can <clears throat> specify masters. No, I mean I'm not offended. N- not always masters, but <laughs> masters is more tech. Like mo- masters are more technical for sure. Um, like PhD is all research driven, and it's research driven to a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. It would be like, um, the the <clears throat> the most 
this is just coming up because there's a book we read yeah. from one of Doctor one of our professors' friends when we were and he made us buy this like ninety dollar book. Yeah. And it was um like how did uh past this would this would be like the research topic of a PhD history student. Okay. How uh changes in pastor in the pastoral and how changes in the in uh the Qing Qing dynasties past uh pastoral policies changed the periphery of um like cow herders on the on the edge of the empire mm-hmm. like that is so specific yeah who the fuck's gonna hire you for that i don't think they're hiring you for that jake what you have to i think where you're kind of selling yourself short and the general you short is when i think of american university and you going there say you're there full time i imagine and i hope i hope that you would be then connecting shucking and jiving because that is what gets you where you need to be maybe definitely listen I went to school to get a master's degree because I knew I wanted an advanced degree because I always thought that I wanted to teach. And if I ever do get that chance to teach, I knew that I never wanted to teach anything other than communications, whether that be visual, audio, graphic design. I, that's the shit I love to do. Mm-hmm. That's why that degree was so goddamn easy. Well, that's probably not only why it was easy. It's pretty easy. But I knew that that's what I wanted because if I teach one day, that's what I would love to do. Now, it didn't do shit for getting me a job. Connections did. <laughs> <laughs> And I like to see and think and hope that my ceiling is higher because of that advanced degree. Maybe not, but connections, misconnections, like on Craigslist. Yeah, but like your like our job, sure, it has like there's a master's level qualification for the grade level that you were hired at. Not you don't have a master's and you got fucking hired. Yeah, but I I got I th- I'm pretty sure I got lucky because of the amount of people who have master's degrees that yeah. work in the same uh G that started the same GS level as yeah. us. There's there were more. Well, how do you get lucky? There were poor more, more mass connections. Let me get that <clears throat> lucky. You were, I, got, I had the same connections. I used you more than I used the other one. I think mm, I you, only had the other one. Yeah, I know. Did you talk to John about me? Yeah. Oh, then that's probably why. Yeah. I would assume because I think the interview was with John. But like the two people who who started um, at the same both, time. Well, yeah. Well, or near kind you? of. They after th- that sit next to him. That sit like next to me and across yeah. from me. They both have master's degrees yeah. and they started at GS seven. Well. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just saying, there's there's more master's degrees in our office than there are bachelor degrees. Okay. Are you trying? Okay, I think I. You know what? It was worth it. I'm just saying I got <laughs> hired in a technical position that yeah. basically required master's level education. It is assumed now at being a GS11 that I have a master's level uh, understanding. You of, do. You're there. Of a master's level understanding of the very specific te- technical job that I have to do. Sure. Right? Okay. But you're smarter than everybody. That's not true. That's pretty true. The Anyway, <laughs> I just got... I, 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 got, I applied right in the middle of a big hiring boom. Sure. And that were were the eight where our office hired like literally eight people at one time. Oh wow! Yeah. So, I mean, either I, way, I, so many that so many of that so many of that so much so so much of that job is honestly mm-hmm. l- is luck about when you apply. Yeah. Does your does does your resume get looked at by the right person at the right time? Yeah, for sure. Like I, I don't know. I'm just saying that at some point, like 
we have to have a real we wrong. have to have a real honest talk yeah let's do it. about second about post-secondary education in this uh-huh. country because it costs way too much and the in the in the returns that people are starting to see i really think that there is um there's a big gap there's a big yeah. gap between what is the expectation and what is the reality for so many grads and then now we're stuck with these enormous amount of student loan debts Mm -hmm. that are crippling people's ability to participate in the economy for jobs that are not there. Okay. Now I hate myself. Why? Also, we got bachelor degrees in fucking history like a bunch of idiots. Like a bunch of idiots. (laughs) It's it's honestly kind of a pyramid scheme if you think about it. What is? Like those (laughs) social science degrees. If you like think we're selling other people on it, think about it. Yeah. Right. The um, you go into you go into college and you're yeah. like, I'm going to major in history. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, what kind of jobs can I get with with a history degree? Oh, nothing. Yeah. So go back to school for more history. Mm. So you go and get your master's, and then you're like, what can I do with a master's degree in history? Oh, the same that I could with a bachelor's degree in history. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Pay more. So, so I'm going to so go to get a PhD in history. So you go get a PhD in history and they're like, oh, hey, what jobs are available for PhDs in history? You can teach. Teach what? Other people history. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, fuck that school also because they had no undergrad teaching certification. Yeah. That honestly, that I, I forgot. I forgot about that. I will never forget about that. That pissed me off because I went and got that goddamn endorsement. Social studies. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I minored in English because I like English more. Well, I got this. No. So I did. Um, no, I, I did my minor in political science. Oh, yes. But I did all that extra work to get the social studies endorsement. Yes. Because I was told that that would that would get me um, part Favored. that would get me bat. No, bachelor. I I understood that that <gasps> would get me bachelor's like a uh, bachelor's teaching credit. Um, oh. and then they're like, no, all of that does is get you the ability to apply for our master's program in teaching. Yes. I was like, I paid extra for like 12 extra credits. Yeah. That would be four or five additional classes mm-hmm. that I had to take for nothing. Yeah. Just for the chance that I could get into the master's in teaching. Oh yeah. And you applied, right? No, I never did. I never ended up applying. <laughs> Neither. It's bullshit. So, and there's and you you've said and, that and, and and getting a bachelor's in history doesn't mean you're teaching. You still yeah. have to go get a master's in teaching. Well, or no. you have to get a teaching certificate. Yes, like most colleges I offer think, that. I Pullman think, offers Pullman, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Pullman offers a cert- a a teaching certificate. Yes. Now I thought while I was doing the that uh, that endorsement mm-hmm. is that I was working towards something where it would be like. Oh, your final semester, you get to do a practicum, which is like your student oh. teaching. And then I got to like the last year and I was talking to my advisor. and He's like, oh, no, we don't offer that here. I'm like, so what was the endorsement? And he was like, oh, just so you can apply for the, the master's in teaching yeah. program. You, so then you're able Freaking, to teach more yeah. under the social studies mm-hmm. umbrella, like sociology yeah. and all those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I could have gotten a history endorsement or yes. I could have got the social studies yeah. endorsement. I got the social studies endorsement. So I could be like theoretically teach psychology or yes. teach economics but nowhere in the vancouver public schools do they teach economics yeah in sec in high school yeah but whatever yeah 
Anyway, we hate our the trials lives. and tribulations of secondary <laughs> education. And the reason why I think I bring that up is yeah. because there is some major shit going mm-hmm. on with secondary, like with the elite schools. Mm-hmm. Have you followed what's going on with Harvard's? Like, no. Um, so Harvard, uh, Harvard's president. Okay. Step. Uh, just resigned. Okay. Penn was he on president. Epstein's list? No, it was a woman. <laughs> was she on Epstein's list? She was not. Clinton was. So she stepped. Well, initially there were calls for her to step down because <clears throat> Congress called um, all of the Ivy League presidents or a group of Ivy League presidents um, to Congress to testify because because there was so much anti-Semitic. Okay. Stuff going on in campuses. Have yes, you figured? a little bit. I've heard some rumblings. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there are. So we've heard this trope that uh, college campuses abound are mm-hmm. these liberal bastions. They're indo- not just liberal bastions of indoctrination. Mm-hmm. They are progressive factories that just warp. All, everybody who goes in there gets warped and becomes a member of the democratic machine, mm-hmm. right? There's this idea that it's, it, it, which none of it, I don't think at any point, you know, I did push up against a little bit of that at American. Mm. Oh. I, I did. I was, there was a couple things that I was like, but it, it's at American, there were a couple professors who were like that. Yeah. I don't know how widespread it is at, at elite, co- at the elite colleges. Mm-hmm. Harvard, Yale, Columbia, whatever. But there were a lot of anti-Semitic, like to the point where they were harassing Jewish teachers. They were harassing Jewish students as they were walking down. Who was? uh, These student protesters who were on this, who were protesting on behalf of Palestine and the quote genocide. They're harassing Jewish professors and students. Yeah. And students. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. To the point where Congress stepped in and had this whole thing where they brought the presidents and were asking about them. And the presidents kind of gave a real bad an- some real bad answers to the point where it's like... To uh, what question? Sorry. Uh, I mean, I can... I, I don't need I the specifics, I but like, brought, what generally, what are they asking? <laughs> like, what are you doing to... like? Uh, what are you doing to stop this kind of hate speech? Yeah. And they're like, oh, we don't want to... We don't want to step on free speech. And Ooh. and the people to the point where the con- the congressional hearing people were like, "What are you like? They're threatening people. Yeah. That's not free speech." And then they started kind of both sizing it, and they were like, "Okay, uh, well, that's what I was wondering. Are we going to like? Are you going to talk about if you're going to talk about how Israel and the in the Jewish state is causing this genocide? Yeah, are we going to talk about the horrors that um." The palace that the the Hamas has that inflicted on especially right. women violence, uh, violence towards women, where it's now being reported um, that a lot of the Hamas attackers raped women left and right mm-hmm. in Israel, and they kind of were like, well, you know, and the the Harvard professor especially gave this, uh, the Harvard president gave this big long speech about how um, you know the the you can't really hold Palestine and is the asymmetry. You can't really hold one mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the state. They get into this. It's this real oppressor oppressed mindset. That real black and white dichotomy is okay. that you can only see the world as oppressed as oppressors and oppressed mm-hmm. and the pr- oppressed can never really inflict. You can't look at stuff inflicted from the oppressed onto the oppressors in the same light because they're just um, fighting. Their efforts are fighting against the oppressor 
versus the other way around. The if the oppressor okay. inflicts similar or same violence against the oppressed, well, that's that is you know because that they're the oppressor and they're bad. Sure. Whereas um, you don't hold the oppressed to the same standard of vi- like for their violence because mm-hmm. their violence is to uh, over is you know to, to, to try to the overcome the oppression. Sure. Okay, right. There's some. There's some to something. When you talk, look at the history of colonialism. There is some of that, right? Not, I would. Say, I would say just not. Not just colonialism. <clears throat> I would say that there's arguments to be made, but I think it's very situational, and I think it's. I, I think it's nuanced. It's yeah, it's nuanced. You can't generalize and just say that it's either all this or all that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think about a lot of instances where you look at violence against an oppressor, and people kind of allow it mm-hmm. for progress sake i'm not going to get into specifics i'm just okay. going to say that sure okay <laughs> all right uh so, so that's the arguments being made to these questions about accountability yeah and so they didn't really denounce the um the the harassing not just i mean protests right right anybody can go out and into into the commons and yeah, protest whatever right. but the actual harassing threats uh threats yeah. against Jewish staff members and Jewish students uh, wasn't really condemned by the president uh, at Harvard and, and others. And the Penn, and there was immediate calls for them to resign. Uh, at, right after that hearing, the Penn president stepped down. Uh, Har- the Harvard president kept facing, and she refused to step down until yesterday mm-hmm. when she finally stepped. She finally stepped down, but only after it was uncovered that she plagiarized the shit out of some of her academic writings in the past. And then at that point, she she said goodbye, dude. We were just talking about this. That's what it takes. Is you just got to be a piece of shit and you can be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's but at the same time, that's kind of self-correcting, right? I kind of like that there was some accountability there. Like, um, even if the people who were going at there was just, it's interesting to me. A lot of the people who were going after the Harvard president mm-hmm. were. Um, kind of arguing bad faith because they're the same people who like defend Donald Trump, at least the congressional people. People who oh, are going okay. after, like, okay. oh, she doesn't have a moral standard. Oh, she's plagiarizing. Mm-hmm. Get her out of there. Okay, but at the same time, you're defending and endorsing a guy. <laughs> like, yes. it's like, all yes. right. But I'm not going to. But me, I'm not going to sit there and say that. Yes, I think the Harvard president should step down if there's claims against plagiarism. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you plagiarized, you shouldn't be the president of one of the United States, one of the United States' most prestigious academia. Colleges. Right. Right is right and wrong is wrong, regardless of whether the people who were the loudest for her to step oh, down so were arguing and were arguing in in, uh, in bad faith. Yeah. Even if they're arguing in bad faith, right is right and wrong is wrong. And mm. she should have stepped down. But my point is, is that there seems to be this like real. Uh, I, I think my overall point is that there seems to be this idea that um, higher education is just going to give you such a better um Leg up. Leg up. And I just don't know if that's really necessarily true. I think if you come from privilege, I think if you come from connections, you're going to get those. You're going to get you're going to be in the right circles, regardless of what your degree says. And you're going to get you're going to get opportunities. Right. I think if you wanted to get a good quality post-secondary education, you can go to literally any college in the United States and you can find good professors there. And if you if you work and you want to learn, you will be better for it. Yeah. I don't think that going to 
these super highly prestigious colleges, private colleges that cost a shit ton of money, are ultimately ended up being worth it for 95% of the United States. I think that there are plenty of excellent professors at your local college or your state college. You can save a ton of money mm-hmm. by going to by going to community college for the first two years, yeah. transferring to the two-year university. Yeah. And I think those are the kind of those are if you do want to go to the secondary university like to university to college just be way more practical about it yeah but that's not the way that media has always told kids to think about college no. that's not the way that high school advisors have told you to think about college yeah. um i feel like the from this is anecdotal sure my experience talking to a high schooler who has aspirations to go to college mm-hmm. is very practical and she has said I'm not going anywhere unless they're paying me to go there. Yeah, and absolutely. She's putting in the work now mm-hmm. to make that appealing. Yeah, being in the leadership great. groups, being you know uh, a valedictorian, doing all these things, mm-hmm. so that way she can say, "You want to pay me to go here? No, all right, fuck it, I'll go find something else to do." Like, she's literally said that. Yeah, and she's too goddamn smart for me to like encourage her to go do something else because mm-hmm. I think that they're. I think that this is a person who can make a, a, a huge impact in whatever she does to better the world. Great. So I want I her, she I does. want to see her do that. But when it comes to college, she's very practical about it. Mm-hmm. You either pay me to go there, or I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking go. Yeah. And any college, their number, <clears throat> mm-hmm. she is a positive number for that school. Yeah. She's a hardworking kid, and she will, she'll be straight-A student. Yeah. So she's arguing for them to pay her to go there. Yeah, Which I think absolutely. is a fair argument. That's I think to touch on what you're saying mm-hmm. is like I hope that that is what I I don't know. I feel like there might be a shift in in thought overall. It's too fucking expensive. You're going to start off behind because you pursued an education that just doesn't seem worth it. To no, me. not when you think about what trade jobs are paying. Yeah. And and that's the trade-off is is trade jobs are fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard. Yeah. And you're probably going to hate your job. Yeah. And I don't like my job. There are some... I mean, I think there is something to... I worked construction just a little bit. Yeah. My dad was like... That was one of... The, like, I said this at lunch. One of the greatest things that my dad did um, was like, you're not going to have a summer like all of the rest of the kids mm-hmm. your age. You're going to work. Yeah. And, you know, I liked that because when I went back to school, I had money when all my friends didn't. Mm-hmm. But two, it taught me, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So find something else. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my two summers during high school, I worked construction. I worked on my dad's concrete crew. I saw what hard work looked like. Yeah. And I was like, that there is, when you get, when you went home for the day, mm-hmm you knew you worked. Yeah. Right? Like, that's one thing sometimes I miss about, like, especially at Fisherman's, I never left that job thinking, oh, I put in a day's work. Yeah. Where you can look and you can see something that you did. Progress on yeah. something. Yeah. Whereas, like, working working in the trades, you can look at the end of the day and be like, I built that. Yeah. And there is something, there is a pride in that. Sure. And I think you can get that from that. But it's hard work. Yeah, it's hard work. It's really hard work. And um, Some of our friends do it mm-hmm. and they're paid well. Yeah. And they make good money and they own their homes. 
exactly. work their ass off. They do. Yeah. So it's a trade-off, right? Yeah. You can still get a very good paying job without taking on student debt. Yeah. And I think that is an honest conversation that needs to be had at high at the high school level. Mm-hmm. College isn't for everybody. Mm-mm. There needs to be this conversation of like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just like, if literally just a pyramid scheme, if uh, because in academia, everybody was like, oh, you're going to benefit so much from just going to college and the experience and getting the degree. <laughs> Dude, that experience, man, whatever. Like... You can party anywhere. There, w- there wouldn't be this, Jake. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> look, also, we look, didn't go I, to a I, party. No, I, I just like the ex- like the this experience. Like, there is something to be said. There is. I'm not trying to discount the quality. Like, what college does or what university sure. can have as a benefit to people. I think anybody can benefit from going to college. Anybody, education is going to benefit benefit anybody. Yeah. Like, look, you're not going to be disadvantaged mentally yeah. by going to college financially financially you absolutely yeah you're fucked. Can if you if you're not practical about right. it i wasn't and most people are not they're not practical about it because they're not even told the truth about it before yeah. going into it right and they're not presented with equal with equal options or at least being like here's the spectrum of options that you have mm-hmm. if you want x yeah you can get there couple different ways you can either go into a mountain of debt and get a job and then you know get a job that pays really well and over time you will probably make more money than the person who doesn't have a degree in similar fields Mm -hmm. you know it's going to be a long that's a long run game and eventually you will pay off your student loans and all of that kind of stuff but it gets to a point where i don't even know if the amount of debt some people are taking on they'll ever legitimately pay back i need biden bro And uh, I mean, I took on more student debt. I took on as as much student debt for my like two failed like I didn't fail at these semesters, right. but my two attempt my two semesters at American University, my failed attempt at getting a master's degree. Yeah, I tacked on more student debt than I did in a f- getting a four year degree. Right, and two of those years, and I paid for out of pocket two of those years at Clark. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So like in two semesters, I. Yeah. took on as much student debt as two years as the, at a four-year university. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. So what... I just... I don't know. We need to have... I, I, I'm using my own self as, a, as an anecdote yeah. here because I think there needs to be... A, if we're going to forgive... If we're going to have a legitimate conversation about forgiving student debt, yeah. and I think there is one... If I try to take the selfishness out of it, I think there is a real economic... Um, argument to be made sure. to forgiving student loans. Yeah, uh, but if we're going to do that, there needs to be a legit change going change forward. on how we talk yeah. about college, how we fund college, yeah. all of that. Because otherwise, we're just going to end up back in this with the, the next generation yeah. of of, of that's Americans. what I was going to say is is an, another argument that I could say, trying not to be selfish, but can be um, saying like we got hoodwinked. We got sold on a pyramid scheme, and maybe that's our fault, right? But then, if- no. If everybody, everybody who's an influential person in your life tells you that this is the path, yeah, why would you not listen to it? I mean, nobody told me. Rationally, you would be an idiot. You, I, rationally, you would probably be like an idiot if you were just like, "Oh, I, my parents are telling me to do that. Yeah. My high school teachers are telling me to do yeah. that. My high school counselors telling me to do that. Media." Like any movie you watch from the 90s, every kid's going to college. Or trying to. Or trying to go to college. So, yeah, you're going to think, go to college. college. I got to go to college. Yeah. But I 100%, I think you hit it on the head with if if that's the solution 
at one point, then going forward from that point, there has to be massive change Mm -hmm. in teaching how, not teaching, but at least providing a clear understanding of what college does and what it is and what it can do and what it might not do for some people. Mm -hmm. I should have never gone. No, you should have definitely gone. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think you should have definitely gone. But I think at the same time, there's there's a lot of jobs out there that yeah. don't require a college degree and could be benefited from trade schools. Yeah. Maybe it's not like a degree in liberal arts, but if you go and you get a degree in diesel mechanic, yeah. um, welding, yeah. concrete, you get into a trade, especially a trade union. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. I mean, those people are like starting off yeah. 70, 80, 90. Oh, yeah. Electricians. Oh, yeah. Always going to have work. Yep. And that's the way our economy is moving. Our economy has never really been and will probably never be again, even though there are manufacturing jobs that are coming back mm-hmm. as the Biden administration had you know, kept steel tariffs up. Um, there, that's one thing that's not talked about a lot is that uh, Biden really didn't ease Trump's uh, big tariffs. Not just that. Even policy on like the border legislation, I think I read something the other day. Was it the border immigration? One of the two. I don't remember. But on threads, people are talking about the lack of reversal of Trump policy regarding those there things. was one big reversal that the Republicans are mad about, and it's Title Forty Two. Which um, that? That's the one of the the stay in place one. Uh, that was used um, during COVID, mm-hmm. which is like um, basically keeping them in large pens before. Um, oh, okay, sure. Like sure. so, when you came in and you surrendered under the asylum rules yeah. under Trump, you were kept in large pens while you're waiting. White waiting. That was undone by. I by would I, okay. That makes sense during a fucking pandemic. Jesus. Anyways, but I would say. Well, I mean, yeah, Biden campaigned on on um, expanding the amount of asylum seekers that yeah. could come in, and he didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely progressives do not like Biden for sure. They don't like Biden. I know they don't, <laughs> and that concerns me for the election. Me too. Uh, but um, anyway, I, I, manufacturing jobs are coming back. Yeah, but we've always and have been since, especially after World War II, we have been a service sector economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so trades right. and um, make we don't make raw materials. We don't make things out of those raw materials. We put those raw materials together here. Right. And uh, the assembly part of the final product is where the United States' economy is. Mm-hmm. And I think we lack a lot of those jobs. Yeah. There's constantly need in the trades for skilled labor. Mm-hmm. And what can get skilled labor quickly trade schools yeah and yet there's no incentives for trade schools Mm -hmm. there's no i mean private companies or unions will have trade schools within their like their union initiation programs like a lot of pipe fitters have like oh you have to go to school but it's a private school within the union Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is no real public education initiative to go to these trade schools right why don't you also then offer why doesn't that why doesn't fafsa also then offer um, student loans for or those kind of scholarships. Programs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot that can be done there and it needs to be looked at before we just blanket. If we're just going to blanket, um, forgive student loans, mm-hmm. there needs to be fundamental changes yeah. in college. Anyway, that's my take on it. 
There, dude. Um, You're going there. Do you uh, you have anything that come that's come across your radar? <sighs> I was thinking about. I've been thinking about things in my, on my drives, and you had mentioned like the Israel Palestine conflict, right? And there's a lot of talk and chatter about um, what are they calling Biden? Uh, Genocide Joe. Genocide Joe. Um, and I, I, I'm, I, I hesitate to even bring this up because I don't want it to seem like I'm talking about uh, one being okay and another not being okay. okay. Right? Sure. So this like, is a tough topic. It is tough. But looking at it, you and I have loosely kind of talked about like a nation state that is autonomous, not controlled or run by Joe Biden in the United States, mm-hmm. committing... However, you want to voice it, there is conflict there. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Are we involved? Uh, On the sidelines, yeah. Okay. There is hesitancy. There is anger towards the U.S. government because of the conflict, right? And people are choosing sides. Voters in the United States are choosing sides. It's... It's that's it's interesting to me, but yes, they are. <clears throat> I think a lot of people uh, wrap themselves in identity politics about things that do not have anything to do with America, but it's very interesting to me. Bingo. Mm-hmm. That's where my thought is. So, because of this conflict that is happening there, mm-hmm. that is going to encourage individuals to either not vote or not vote for Joe Biden maybe third party who knows and to me i don't know if this is i i don't i don't think it's selfish i think it's self-preservation i think it's genuine fear but your apathy towards the current administration in regard to this conflict on the other side of the globe is going to allow permit and encourage somebody who celebrates and <laughs> values authoritarians, dictators, and the worst human crimes. Who's who has palled around and talked about how great of a president the guy who's committing the quote genocide is yeah. and Benjamin Netanyahu. Yes. You think that situation in Palestine is going to get any better? If anything, thank you for having the knowledge to at least connect those because I didn't know that. If anything, Biden has done as much as he can to mitigate that disaster from even spreading into the West Bank, into Lebanon, into a lot of other areas. Like Mm -hmm. we've at least contained it. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Just my point is like the counter to whatever you think you're upset about is 100 percent possible. To cause the detriment of the nation you live in. Mm. Have you been <laughs> reading my threads? My thread, re- my thread replies to uh, some of them to, to these people. But that maybe that's like somehow you've like threaded into my brain. It's possible, pun intended. He's, yeah, it's uh, it's the same. Uh, it's this is the same head banging I've been doing for weeks on yeah, threads. Yeah, I was just driving tonight on the way here, and I was thinking like, wait. Like I get, I get being upset. I get the 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 
the heartache of watching the conflict between these two groups. It's devastating. Hearing about the crimes is fucking heart-wrenching. Jake, as a father, I cannot. It breaks me, dude. And 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 there are zillennials who are like, I'm so mad about this. Shut the fuck up. You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. And I only say that because as a millennial, I didn't know shit. I mean, and honestly, I don't get it either. Even as a father sitting in Vancouver, Washington, yeah. safe as a safe as all as anything, like, yeah. safe as anybody in the world right now. Right. Um, I still can't. I can't comprehend genocide. It's it's or like what's going on. <sighs> the kids thing, man. Like I told you the first time when I first saw the attacks, and there was like kids. I lost it. I just broke down and started crying. Uncontrollably, it was the first time that it ever happened. Mm-hmm. Aside from being at the Blink One Eight Two concert, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but watching these kids, and I'm just like, dude, like these people, these are humans, and they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Like they are trying to, like they are getting bombed and murdered and destroyed. I'm not talking about any specific site. I'm talking about human life. Yeah, it's devastating. Yeah, and it's breaking me to see it. Yeah, I don't want that here. And by not voting, because you're pissed off about that, you are bringing a very real threat to your fucking doorstep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without getting into the, the specifics of the Hamas-Israeli uh, conflict, we can if you want, but yeah. I think I think I want to keep pulling on the thread that you've... Yeah, I keep want to go down the avenue that you've you've started on because I think it's it's really worth talking about because I think it shows that we were talking about pragmatism mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, at lunch and the importance of pragmatism, mm-hmm. especially in leaders. Um, the the pragmatist approach, and I think when you're talking about voting in the United States, you have to be a pragmatic voter. Yeah, because the system in which we vote in mm-hmm. forces you to be pragmatic. You're probably never in your lifetime going to vote for the guy that you really want to vote for. Mm-hmm. Maybe one maybe one time you okay. will get that opportunity to vote for the guy for president that you really want to win. Okay. Like, the guy I want to be yeah. president... Maybe you. <laughs> it was like Mitt Romney. 2008, I got my guy. 2020, I got my guy. Well, like, of all of the people... Joe Biden was your guy? Oh, like, no, no. All of the people who Dude, could possibly... Bernie is my guy. He was my guy back then. You didn't get a chance to vote for him for yeah. president, right? It okay. But who did you vote for? You voted for Hillary Clinton? Someone I didn't for... want to. But it was the next best oh, option. Oh, it was the only option. The next best option. Yeah. And a lot of times you are voting for the next best sure. option. And that gets grading. And I get Gen Z who are like locked in this adolescent malaise. Their brain isn't developed. They were just... <laughs> Soft brain people, yeah, and like uh, and I can't necessarily blame them. I just wish that in the eight, I just wish they would learn pragmatism just a little bit. Yeah, that you're not going to get everything. Yeah, right now. Yeah, you're not going to get everything you want in uh, one election cycle. That's yeah. not how it happens, especially when you talk about the House being in control of Republicans and where do bills yeah. or, where do bills originate from? Yeah, the House of Representatives, yeah. which is controlled mostly by people who. Can't even agree that the president was dual was actually legitimately elected. Like yeah. you've got a bunch of them who actually tried to overturn the election. Yeah. That's who Joe Biden has to work with in Congress to get things passed. Yeah. The fact that he got the chips and science bill, the fact that he got the infrastructure bill, the fact that he's in, he's gotten uh, insulin uh, capped at thirty dollars. All the shit they're taking credit for. Yeah. 
he passed yeah. with slim majorities in the House of Representatives and a slim majority in the Senate and a fifty-fifty yeah. split in the Senate, working across the aisle, he got more done legislatively. He got his more. He got more of his agenda through the legislative process than pretty much any president since maybe, maybe Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, my point being is that you can complain about, oh, I didn't get whatever you're pissed about. Yeah, whatever student you're mad loan at, forgiveness. Student loan forgiveness. Yeah, he tried. Yeah. It, but voting matters. <laughs> he tried. The court shut him down. Yeah. What is he supposed to do? Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, what's legitimately he's supposed to do? A dictator would then just forgive it, I suppose, and ignore the courts. So maybe they do want a dictator. Maybe young kids want a dictator mm. because there is some polls that suggest that they don't really care about democracy. Because when asked about democracy... No, don't. Most say kids it. have had don't have a particularly high view of what the democratic process really is. Because semantics, Jake. Because parents and other people in their lives go, well, we technically we don't live in a democracy. Although I did say that there, I did make a post recently uh-oh, about uh-oh. how it is. <laughs> there was talking about the Fourteenth Amendment issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a, been people saying like, oh, it's undemocratic to take him off the ballot. Sure. Well, in that regard, that is it is worthwhile to point out the fact we are in a Republic and mm-hmm. then there are certain processes that are taken out of the hands of, um, the of, of, the, of voters <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and decided by the, our elected officials yeah. or people who are our institutions like the courts. Yeah. Like if you're 35 years old, that's a dis, if you're under 35 years old, that is a constitutional disqualification. Yeah. I don't care if, 70 million people want to vote for a 33-year-old. Yeah. You can't run for president yeah. if you're not 33. Your democ- democracy doesn't matter. The second you've won two terms... Yeah, you're done. You can't run for a third. Obama yeah. cannot. And I'm sure there is a majority of Americans who would vote for Barack Obama again. Yeah. And he would probably win another election. Yeah. You know what? He can't. Yeah. Why? Because the Constitution. Fucking FTR. The 14th Amendment, Section 3, says... That there, you cannot have a pre- a person who held office and engaged in an insurrection cannot be hold office ballot. again. Yeah. He cannot be on the ballot. I don't care if you want to vote for him. Yeah. That's a disqualification. It's a rule. So if the court, Supreme Court, does find that he's disqualified, that's not undemocratic. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe it is undemocratic, as right. in if you believe that we're somehow we live in this Athenian democracy where the majority just gets what they want. Right. But I wouldn't even say that there is a majority of Americans who want him on the ballot or want to vote no. for him because he didn't win the popular vote in any of the elections right. that he won. That's a great point. If it is true democracy, he lost the popular vote. In both cases. Yeah. So what are we even talking about here? Well, it worked the first time because the rules of the republic worked the first time because of the electoral college because mm-hmm. he won yes so then <clears throat> we're good we're fine with the republic then but now we want a th- true we democracy a, now we want true democracy jesus dude i don't uh, know we want tr- we, now we want the ideology of true democracy because i want to vote for who i want to vote for regardless of what the constitution you says. can but you absolutely can <laughs> you can write him in <laughs> vote for whoever you want dude uh but um what was i talking oh yeah about the threat of like yeah. people not being pragmatic in their vote yeah and uh I, 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 I think you you hit a really good point of like, what are you willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. to make a point? Mm-hmm. I had somebody tell me on Threads that we think that 
her legitimate thought was if you cause enough pain here amongst the white people here in the Mm -hmm. United States, Mm -hmm. because we can't possibly understand genocide because of our privilege, that if you if you made the white people feel the pain by electing by allowing Trump to reenter office, Mm -hmm. that will then cause everybody, all of us plebes, all of us privileged people who are blind to the plight of the of the underprivileged around the world. Mm That by us finally experiencing pain, we'll be able to see their pain, and then we'll finally make a course correction to be a more egalitarian and free and like equal society. And I was globally like, or just nationally, in, just in the United States. Okay. And I'm like, you realize there is a legitimate chance that if he wins re-election, we're never voting again. We're never yeah. like having a free election again. Yeah. So all of that change you hope happens. Equality that you hope happens. It ain't happening because we can't vote anymore. Yeah. So I would take, even though I'm not getting everything I want right now, Right. that we've been on, are we better than we were 50 years ago as a country? Like policy-wise. Sure. Civil Rights Act. Sure. Um, environmental Rights. Environmental Protection Protections, Act. yep. Um, uh, legalizing of gay marriage. Yep. I, I would say that in terms of social pro- progress, mm-hmm. we are significantly better with every single generation. Mm-hmm. And we're continuing to get better because yeah. the, the, the Octum Razor, Octum, well, not Octum's Razor, sorry, the Overton Window, mm-hmm. inter- that's just how people think about a certain topic, continually to move down that road of progression. Right. In terms of what is acceptable by the general, by the aggregate American. Yeah, like absolutely. what is accept- acceptable social. Uh, abortion for the first time amongst all age groups is, uh, is, is like a as above the fifty percent mark in all age groups. Right. Like we, the Overton window is shifting. Policy always lags behind public perception. Right. That's how progress happens in a democracy over mm-hmm. time. But it's stable and it's there and it continues to march forward. Right. When you talk about a, you you get a dictator. You might get a dictator who thinks like you for a long time. But what happens to dictators? They eventually die or they get overthrown. Mm-hmm. There's all of a sudden a new dictator who doesn't like who maybe not doesn't think like you. But guess what? You can't move him out of there. The option is because gone. The option is gone. Yeah. So you are willing to roll the dice with a dictator right now because you think that somehow you're going to get your utopia on the other side because mm-hmm. we're going to burn it all down and then whatever comes up out of the ashes and the chaos will allow you to usher in your progressive utopia. That is just such an idiotic viewpoint. Yeah. How but that is-, is the viewpoint of so many of these people that you're talking about mm. with that same like, we're going to... I'm not going to vote for Biden Yeah. because... And, and have Trump come in to show the United States a lesson. Like, are you shitting me? How is the result or the end game not a dystopia? Every lesson in sci-fi or, or you know, it's, it's sci-fi, right? It's fiction. But those are the lessons. Is it doesn't look good on the other side after the collapse of an operating society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Uh, I I think you 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 really made a a, a great point. I mean, what do you, like overall like, what do you think? What do you think of the like? I have my you know, I'm probably yeah. too in the weeds into the Hamas uh, Israeli conflict to really sure. have like an understanding of what I think the average American thinks about it. Like, mm-hmm. what is your what's your take on that whole conflict and America's role in it? It's hard for me. I mean, honestly, I don't know enough. I don't know enough to have an I mean, opinion. That's, that's I don't know enough to have an opinion on it. Normalize that. <laughs> Um, but mm. I do like to try to kind of, you know, I, I anecdotally, I'm talking to that little 16 year old mm-hmm. and I'm asking her like, 
you know, because she seems to, honestly, she seems to know more about the conflict than I do. And it, that tells me maybe there's a little more within her generation that they're actually having these conversation about these events, right? Maybe not as well-versed or well-comprehending. I mean, there's no way they could but have the same level of... They don't, I mean, they haven't had the opportunity right. to be as well-read about it. They're as, doing all kinds of other shit, yeah. like Minecraft. So I'm just picking her brain a little bit and sure. asking her, talking to her about, like, the vote, the upcoming vote for president, like, everything we've just been talking about. And... Her hundred percent, her view, but she's so she's so different, and she's not like everybody else. And I know that sounds like bias, but she's like, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Look, Joe, I don't agree with everything he's saying, but if I had the right to vote right now, I would vote for him because the other guy is too scary. Essentially, saying we don't get what we want right now, mm-hmm. but it's it's worth taking that hit to not to not risk everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, again, for the for the thing, the question that you asked, I don't know enough. Um, I also kind of put my head in the sand a little bit, and maybe that's kind of ignorant of me. But it's just too like I get I get scared to like dive down that rabbit hole because of how it hurts to watch these people suffer. It genuinely affects me in a way that like. I don't know what changed in this old man, mm-hmm. but there's something. Where if I if I travel down that road, it hurts. And I've been thinking about history a lot lately um, because I'm starting to read a little more history. I was telling you about that book I was reading and about Lincoln and his presidency and stuff. And I'm just thinking, like, it's so interesting. It's such a basic concept, right? But it's so interesting to go back from a from a different perspective to look at, like, the way that people were and their ambitions and their goals as a nation and, like... How, how can you build upon what's already been founded? And then you consider people like Jackson and like just like all of this, all of these things just colliding in this social experiment of the United States. But then I think about now try to be present and try to be try to view this world as a historian in present day. What does today look like 50 years from now when someone's looking back and all that I'm trying to say is like when I look at this conflict and I look at these lives lost, I can't really see the forest through the trees, but I do see the heartache and the atrocities, and I can't get past that. So regardless of reason, it just sucks to to dive into for me. Sure. Does that make any sense? I, I get that. Um... I think at one point I will, but I just it's hard for me, and it might be after. It might be after there's some resolution mm-hmm. where I can go, okay, at least I know that we've come to a point that I can feel comfortable to know what the I know what the end is. Mm-hmm. I know what the spoilers. I yeah. know what happens in the end. I know what happens to Lincoln in the end. <laughs> so reading about it, it's encouraging and it's exciting. It's fun to hear about uh, how he came out of nowhere and just like was not the favorite and just like had these ambitions. And then to know he just gets shot in the back of the head anyways. But, for his troubles. For his troubles. Thanks for everything. Um, so there's something to having that resolution where I can look at something in, in as a whole. Sure. Where I think if I start diving mm. into a current conflict like yeah, that. There's too many, there's too many variables, yes, too many things yes. up, still up in the air. Yes. I get it. And it's terrifying to me. Yeah. And it's easy to lose. Um, it's easy because you can't know everything right, right. now. I think to your point, you just can't know everything That's right now. That's a great point. So how can you? That's very well said. So how can you? Um, 
Like, so how can you really like your your opinion is going to change daily based on the available information? Yes, or and there's the, new information coming yeah, out every single day, exactly, and different in different different um different points of view that you may not even think of until mm-hmm. you read the right person talking about it and giving this point of view. It's overwhelming. It's it a is, little it overwhelming. Is, it is very overwhelming. And I think as Americans, we need to realize that uh, we aren't always the world police. Yeah. And uh, sometimes just sitting back and mitigate and trying to do our best to mitigate the damage yeah. is really all we can do yeah. without making the situation significantly worse. Yeah. If, because l- let's play it out. Let's, let's take the, uh, uh, let's take the counterfactual here. And, what if the United States had gotten involved? Okay. I, I don't know how much time we have left, but I mean, just if we, if we got, if the United States were like Israel, we're not allowing you to bomb yeah. Gaza. And we went in there and we put our troops on like d- to stop Israel. Yeah. We would have had to do two things. Yeah. Completely cut them off as an ally. Yes. Which then signaled to the rest of the world that wants to kill Israel. Yeah. Wipe Israel off. Iran wants to remove Israel. They do not want a Jewish state. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest things is that when you're talking about how do you get peace between Israel and Hamas is when Hamas and their their backers Mm -hmm. will not accept anything other than the removal of the Jewish state. At all. They, yeah. there, there is no Jew unless there is no more Jewish state. Yeah, in the Levant, there is nothing. There is no negotiation. Right, and they're going to continue to inflict damage and horrors on the Israeli populace mm-hmm. until they until I don't even know the end times. Who and Hamas? Oh, Hamas. Not okay. not yeah, sorry. the Palestinian yes. proper. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. the Palestinians, but the people right. who. Back uh, the Hamas, who like who are Hamas fighters? Yeah, the people who like Iran, who funds mm-hmm. Hamas. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. I just want so to like, say right there, real quick. That's a good point. As soon as the United States, regardless of what you think, are standing in is in the world, if there's a motion or an idea made or pressed forward, like hey, we're no longer supporting you and backing you, what do you think that tells everybody else who has gripe with Israel as a state and wants to destroy it? Go ahead. So you have so on that point, yeah. you have to be tactful yeah. with how you go about even criticizing Israel, right? Openly, yeah. We have no idea None. what Biden has said None. to Netanyahu behind closed doors. Yes. <clears throat> Read an autobiography about a president, and you get a little insight into the shit that doesn't is not said. Mm-hmm. And that job, I was thinking one day. I was thinking, man, I would love to do that job, and then I'm. No, 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 no. It sounds miserable, but and everybody hates you. Yeah, <laughs> but you have no clue what's going on yeah. behind. The, and mm-hmm. I, I want to say as far as like the um, the intelligence agencies as well, because this that they seem to be a new target for everybody all the time now is they They have saved American lives so many fucking times that you will never know about. And the same yeah. can be said about that president of the United States making mm-hmm. decisions and choices in regard and in relation with those secret mm-hmm. Into, or those intelligence agencies. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and what sucks for presidents is that you generally don't get that until their autobiography is written until right. they're out of office. Yeah. But every once in a while, things do leak that give you a little bit of an insight. Mm-hmm. And one leaked about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel happened October 7th. On October 11th, uh, Israel um, intelligence, this was reported by the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. uh, and then also the Jerusalem Times. The... Um, 
October 11th, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's administration and the, their War Department get a uh, an intelligence briefing that says Hezbollah, which is another Shia uh, ter- quasi-terrorist, like mm-hmm. quasi-political terrorist organization that is in Lebanon and then also operates in the West Bank. Mm-hmm. So Israel, the state of Israel is separated between... So uh, is... So you got the state of Israel, and then on the uh, west side of it, you have mm-hmm. what's called the Occupied West Bank, which is not an autonomous region like Gaza mm-hmm. is, but it's it's a Palestinian territory, but there are Israel settlements throughout the West okay. Bank, and that's one of the biggest points of contention between Palestinians and Israelis mm-hmm. is that there's these Israeli settlements on Palestinian land. Mm. Um, but then Gaza is a fully autonomous operating, um, since like 2008, has been a fully autonomous operating Palestinian quasi-state. Right. Um, <clears throat> so it's a little bit different, but they're both Palestinian territories. Mm-hmm. So Hezbollah is a is a um, Shia backed um, is a Shia backed uh, political organization similar to Hamas, but they operate in Lebanon and the West Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a um, there was a and they're they are way more funded and way more connected to Iran. On the than West Bank, ha- yeah, okay. they're in, but mostly in Lebanon, mm-hmm. which is another sovereign nation, right? right. Uh, they they're way more connected mm-hmm. to uh, to Iran mm-hmm. than Hamas is. Right. So any attacks on Hezbollah is going to be an escalation okay right so um there was a there was israeli intelligence it Mm -hmm. briefed netanyahu that there was going to be a preemptive strike four days Mm -hmm. after the hamas attacks by hezbollah through the golan heights into northern israel okay there were jet there was israeli jets in the air for a preemptive strike against Hezbollah before their supposed strike was happening. Mm-hmm. These jets are in the air, right? So not a whole lot of time. Right. Biden, this was reported by the Wall Street Journal, gets on the phone to Netanyahu and says, our intelligence say that that is, your intelligence is bad. Hezbollah is not a, is not mm. gearing up for an attack. Stand down because if you attack them with the way tensions are right now, you will escalate this wow. conflict into a regional conflict with yeah. Iran, Lebanon, Be- like Lebanon will enter, Syria will enter. You were talking about a global, a regional escalation. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he got Netanyahu to back down. Yeah. Think about that as a pol- political standpoint. Think about the absolute beating that Netanyahu took, rightfully so, yeah. for missing the Hamas attack on October 7th. Right. They're, right. They're, they missed that attack. Yeah. Their intelligence failed. Mm-hmm. They had an t- intelligence failure. You're talking four days after that. It fails again. You're talking about if he believes yeah. Biden and Biden is wrong. Yeah. What kind of shit is been is Netanyahu? You're talking about one lives lost. Yeah. More slavery lives lost. But politically, yeah. he is done yeah. for the rest of his... Like, he is being thrown Wait, out of office if he if biden he, was if, if he biden, listens to biden and biden is wrong yes yes okay right so you're taking a lot on faith yeah. that u.s intelligence and joe biden mm-hmm. is telling you the truth <clears throat> he netanyahu listened to him biden was right hezbollah was not was yeah. not attacking was not going to attack wow. israel that's wild so you want to think that biden has done nothing yeah that Biden is just doddering old idiot that knows nothing. Yeah, trying to write. Was bike. able to talk down the a right wing hawk, mm-hmm. a guy who fought in the Seven Days War mm-hmm. for Israel. Like this guy bleeds like Israel nation state. Yeah. I'm going to fight the terrorists for the glory of Judaism. Right. Like this guy is like the the old crusty general. Right. 
you talk him down from a preemptive strike four days after his country was rocked by a terrorist or, or by mm-hmm. a terrorist attack. You get him to to stand down. Yeah. I, I, dude, the political balls that it takes to be able to do that, and the political cachet mm-hmm. it takes to be able to do that. Yeah. The relationships that Joe Biden has and is able to call in in moments of need. That is. That is, those are wins for the United States, and he'll never get credit for that. At fucking 11.59, calling him and saying, don't stand down. Stand down, dude. Don't do it. That is massive. And think about how much more... You're mad about what's happening in Gaza, yeah. and I get it. But at the same time, if that escalates mm-hmm. into a regional conflict how many israelis die how many lebanese die mm-hmm. how many people in syria die because this war escalated into a larger regional conflict yeah. and okay so did biden save lives there yeah very potentially yeah very likely he saved a lot more lives yeah and yes he's not stopping the genocide right the or the quote genocide right now right but we also don't know what he is trying to do behind closed yeah, doors. Yeah. So on all sides, not just with Israel. Yeah. On all sides. With everybody else who's mm-hmm. got their targets set well, on Well, he's Israel. working with like Egypt to get a peace yeah. plan together with Egypt, getting Egypt to allow to send in to send in aid to Egypt to take refugees. Like there yeah. is work that is being done behind the scenes, but that shit it's slow. It's and not it's, flashy. And it's better done behind closed doors. Yeah. Instead of tweets, you put mm. Trump in. Okay, I'm just saying. Don't like, say it. You put Trump into it, this position. Any, he's only doing things if he thinks it benefits himself. Yeah, that is exactly what Bannon said. Not Bannon. Sorry. Um, who was uh, uh who was his Chief attorney staff? general? Attorney, attorney general. general. Uh, Bill Barr. Yeah. Bill Barr said the only thing we could get the only th- I will put this clip in. Yeah. The only thing we could get him to do. The only way we could convince him to take a course of action was to convince him that it was good for his poll numbers. He will always put his own interests and gratifying his own ego ahead of everything else, including the country's interests. There's no question about it. This is a perfect example of that. He's like, you know, he's like a nine-year-old, a defiant nine-year-old kid who's always pushing the glass toward the edge of the table, defying his parents to stop him from doing it. It's a means of self-assertion and exerting his dominance over other people. And he's, he's a very petty individual who will always put his interests ahead of the country's, his personal gratification of his, you know, of his ego. Go. But our country, our country can't, you know, can't be a therapy session for, you know, a troubled man like this. He said that the other day. How do you know if you're something like that? Or what was the question? The question was, is how do you like, how do you, um, uh, how do oh you get, up, how yes. do you get up in the morning? Yes. And um, how do you get up in the morning and, uh, uh, and, and like, you know, and fulfill your faith? And know that religious space. It was religious. It was religious space. It was like, how do you get up in the day, like, and draw, like, where do you, like, where do you draw from in your faith to be able to tackle the day and go about your day as you, um, like, you know, as you have to do all the things you have to do as as a man of faith, as this man of faith. And he was just like, well, you know, my poll number, like, my poll numbers are higher than anybody uh, anybody at any time in history. That's what motivates me. So that's what motivates me. Yeah. The only Bill Barr has said, like the only thing that gets this guy to do anything is his poll numbers. The yeah. only thing that can convince him to change course is if you convince him that his poll Benefiting. numbers are going to benefit from it. Yeah. So you're telling me, in the middle of all of this chaos, global chaos that's going on, Biden, Trump is going to be weighing his own political, his his 
first and foremost, he's going to be a, how does this benefit me? Mm-hmm. He's going to, so which first le- and foremost, so which leaders in, in this geopolitical mess are going to be able to call him, get him on the, uh, get him on the horn and offer him the best possible deal for yeah. him. And then that's the deal he makes see regardless art. of who he sells out for the art of the deal, dude. That guy's a fucking clown. dude. <laughs> that's terrifying. That was fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Is Donald Trump? A lot of my friends say, okay, he's made mistakes, and okay, January 6th, and okay, this and that. It is his policies that we'd be voting for. Given that pragmatic side also, do you think he is emotionally fit to be president of the United States? I disagree. I think that Trump and Biden will be the candidates, uh, That whatever that says about the United States. Is he fit to be president of the United States? Is Donald Trump fit to be president? Uh, This is the way I'll answer that, Geraldo, which is if you believe in his policies, he's the what what he's advertising is his policies. He's the last person who could actually execute them and achieve them. He does not have the discipline. He does not have the ability for strategic thinking and linear thinking or setting priorities uh, or how to get things done in the system. It is a horror show. When he's when you know when he's left to his own devices, and and so you may want his policies, but Trump will not deliver Trump policies. He will deliver chaos, and if anything, lead to a backlash that will set his policies much further back than they otherwise would be. That's a very direct answer. Thank you, General. <laughs> Thank you very much. 